Hi, welcome to Red Cloaks Radio. I'm Jesse. I'm Martha. I'm Katie. And I'm Laura. We have talked a lot about breaking down the stigma around abortion. And I have a question for you all. What do we do about breaking that down when someone's had more than one abortion? And today we are exploring that stigma further with a very special guest who has a website where she collects stories of folks who've had more than one abortion from all over the world. So let's welcome her and hear what she has to say. Karen Thurston from Abobo Bravado. Hi, Karen. Hello, good morning, and thank you so much for having me. Karen, we're really excited by your work. You have started a social media campaign called Abobo Bravado, and you are honoring and celebrating and helping reduce stigma for lots of people around an issue that is very important to us, which is around abortion. And it's specifically celebrating, honoring the experiences of people who have had two or more abortions. So first, we just want to give you a big round of applause. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, you so much. What an important mission you are on and that you are making it possible for us to join. Thank you. How did you get started? What prompted you to take the initiative and see that this gap existed? Well, um, I had uh, kept a secret about my two abortions for most of my life. And when I finally found the courage to tell my husband and sons, grown sons about it, that was just such a huge weight off my shoulder. And then I learned that many people are out in the world trying to fight the stigma. And I, I had no clue of that. I had spent most of my life running and hiding from the word abortion or anything about it. So I started sharing my story publicly, pushing through fear, volunteering at a clinic in Atlanta, escorting, um, just doing anything I could possibly do to help fight stigma and also improve access. And I guess it was around January of 2019, the new year. And I just was still trying to grapple, where is my niche in this huge movement? It was just a revelation to me that it was such a huge, huge movement um, globally even. So I just kept asking myself, what do I know that other people don't know? And you know, the answer was clear many people don't know how hard it is to say that you've had more than one abortion. It's just an extreme, uh, a stream, an extreme secret. And so, yeah, so I just decided I would start focusing on that. And I started with actually on Twitter with um, a Bobo Bravado and I was just sharing stories I could find. Um, and then that's expanded to Instagram. And now it also is, includes a website twoplusabortions.com. And this is a non-monetized stigma fighting project. And um, it's just an honor for me to wake up every day and try to do something on it. You're so right in our society, just saying the word at all is, is so difficult. The idea of calling it Ababo Borbado. Okay, that's an interesting question. And, you know, Jesse, you know, what she just said is a good jumping point. So Actually for me, it was hard for me to hear and say the word abortion throughout my life. And in fact, it felt like a weapon against me. So whenever I would hear it in the headlines or hear people talking about it, it actually triggered a physical reaction in me um, of fear. And so I do empathize with a lot of people outside of the movement who have a hard time saying the word. It's just baked in with so much stigma and shame. And I found it much easier 
to, to say I ended two pregnancies. And, um, and that's just a fact. I know it's, it's an unpopular fact about me that I struggled with saying the word abortion. And it's not that I want to eliminate the word abortion, but I had seen on Instagram uh, a person, a, a black leader who I admire very much, Oriaku Najoku of um, Access Reproductive Care Southeast, an abortion fund. She had used a bobo um, in her fun and loving and joyful Instagram posts. And so I just wanted to use that because I would like to see more joy and whimsy. And uh, I would like to just have a more poetic language around abortion. So I just decided a bobo would be great. And bravado, you know, it means bravery. And so I just put the two together and I thought, well, this is my little contribution to trying to expand the language, um, not hide the word abortion, but celebrate it. It's clearly resonated for people because the responses to your posts are, um, they're, they're moving, they're thoughtful, they're reflective, they're appreciative. What strikes you about people who reach back out, who comment and who share? I'm really lucky that I've had mostly positive feedback from people and often they're just really grateful that they feel seen in the, in the world, not just in the world at large, but in the movement. So even among our friends who are fighting for abortion access, there is a lot of judging and shaming of people who end more than one pregnancy or have more than one abortion. And this stems from the talking point of, well, you know, you should have used contraception or kept your legs closed. And people think, oh, that's, that'll solve it. And that's just not true. And, and I actually learned a lot. It's been a learning journey that preventing pregnancy for 30 years of fertility is really hard. I was shocked to learn that about half of all the people who had an abortion in, I think the year was 2017, when the study was done, about half of everyone told their physician they had had a previous abortion, one or more previous. And so understanding the stigma of it, I know that it's, the number is higher because a lot of people don't report it. People will drive to different clinics to avoid seeing the same doctor because they're so embarrassed that it happened again. But oh, I would like to change that so much and help people understand that preventing pregnancy is hard and complicated. And uh, so anyway, that's part of my mission is to help educate people. One of the saddest things I see looking at stories over these past few years, thousands of them, even girls and women and trans men, people who get, can get pregnant, they will even beat themselves up even if they've used birth control perfectly and they still get pregnant, even if they've used two methods even if they've used the most secure method that they've been told and they still get pregnant, they still blame themselves. I want that to end so bad. <laughs> I want that. I don't want people to ever feel bad anymore about their normal reproductive decisions and cir circumstances. It's so good when you put it in perspective that it is, if you're talking about 30 years of fertility with someone who yeah. is sexually active or if someone is not having consensual sex and is raped. There's so many different reasons, but even someone who is purposefully having sex and using contraceptive, 
uh, measures, we all know the statistics do not say any contraception is 100% fail-proof. Exactly. So that means some percentage of people are going to get pregnant even when they have taken steps to use contraception. It's an excellent point. And that's why we need to stop. We need to be careful about our language and we need to stop saying we can reduce abortions. You know, that sounds innocuous enough. It sounds reasonable enough. But when you, when you put the emphasis on the medical procedure, all you're doing is increasing the stigma for a smaller number of people as contraception does improve. There are no perfect people. There are no perfect methods of contraception. And we need to really say that loud and proud. And that's one of my ambitions is to encourage everyone who talks about contraception, whether they be marketers, advocates, counselors, everyone needs to include in their conversation that contraception fails. And if it does, abortions are wise and responsible methods of controlling your birth. It's as simple as that, but getting people on board has been a challenge. So you've been doing this work for a while now, and you've probably collected, I'm assuming, hundreds of stories across various platforms. Are there any particular stories that really impacted you? Yes. I'm, I've been reading stories from all over the world, and they have many things in common, although they're all different. Everybody's life circumstance is different. They, they all have many threads in common. Um, and one of the threads is simply the unfairness of of how uh, reproductive health is treated in the world and how many obstacles people have to jump over just to, just to get basic reproductive care. Getting abortions in parts of the world is really hard and people are determined. So those stories of um, people trying to buy pills online and being scammed and the clock is ticking Every time I read those stories, my heart just aches, you know, for what people are going through. And even here in the United States, people are struggling to access care. Um, Another aspect of the stories that I've read that really, you know, that really stay with me is that people having their first abortion, they're sharing their experience and often they'll end it by saying, I will never do this again. And it's just, it's just like a little knife in my heart. I totally understand it. I totally understand why people would say I would never do this again, but they might have to. And just like with the first abortion, most people don't ever dream that they'll need to end a pregnancy. They just don't think it will happen to them. And once it does, they realize, oh, now I get it. Well, it's the same dynamic when you are faced with another accidental pregnancy for whatever reason, if it's not the right time, if it's not the right circumstance, suddenly you understand, oh, now I see why people have more than one. And so, you know, when I read people say, I'll never do this again, it it just is stigmatizing abortion more. And I wish I could change that, but I do understand it. The stigma is so ingrained in society. It's so ingrained, but also there's a real lack of understanding of who is having abortions. So for example, you talked about in your introduction that you shared your personal story with your husband and your kids. And so it's a reminder that there are many people who are mothers who have abortions or who had them before 
they reached the point of their life where they were ready to have children. Do you see any patterns um, that you wish other people would understand? If we understood those patterns, we could be more compassionate and more inclusive in our language. Absolutely. The pattern that I see that emerges the most is that people are making decisions about their reproduction out of profound love. It's love. It is love for the relationships they already have. It's love for the children they already have. It's love for the future. They are envisioning for themselves a healthy future. It is, it is love that is at the center of these decisions. And I, I really wish people would understand that. Um, the most compassionate people in the world also are, in my mind, people who are providing abortions because they endure a terrible stigma as well and fear in this world and threats. And so, so I would love for people to understand that people navigating reproductive decisions, they're normal, good people trying to make the best decision for their life, for their loved ones, for themselves. And it ripples out. It often is the very best for not only their themselves and their families, but also their communities. And, and so it's just, it creates a huge ripple effect. When people are allowed to make their decisions out of love, then the world will be healthier. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about that, because I, I do think that people need to hear that message rather than, oh, you're in this predicament again, or you're a frequent flyer, or the, the other stigmas that we hear um, when people are faced with this decision. Yes. Well, the decisions are complicated. And that's one, one of the things that people don't understand. Um, they, if you've never experienced an accidental pregnancy, which a majority of the people who stigmatize abortions have never experienced an accidental pregnancy in their own body, then it's really hard to understand when all you hear are stigmatizing talking points out in the, in the media and among family and in the church. Um, but these decisions are entangled with our lives. So they're entangled with our personal financial situation. Uh, if we don't have enough money to even feed ourselves or the children we already have, then it's traumatic to force someone to carry a pregnancy and create another mouth to feed. And that is a trauma. People talk about abortion being traumatic, and that's a lie. But I will say that forcing people through stigma or laws to continue pregnancies that they don't want and can't handle, that's traumatic. So it's interconnected with every aspect of our lives. Some people are making a financial decision. They cannot support themselves or their loved ones with the, with their, the money they have, and so they can't add to it. Also, it's entangled with people's physical and emotional health or mental health. So some people are in a situation in their life where they're struggling with other profound issues. And to add an accidental pregnancy on top of that, it's absolutely crushing. And so they have an instinct, people have an instinct. I believe all people who experience pregnancies have an inner wisdom, a, a profound inner wisdom to know is this right? Is this good right now? And 
Um, so it's, it's entangled with everything. And so when you're making a choice to protect your own mental health by ending an accidental pregnancy, that's loving yourself. And when you love yourself that way, you are free and able to love the others in your life. Why wouldn't we want a world where people are healthy and able to love each other? I, I just, yeah, I don't understand how people don't see that it's an act of love to end a pregnancy that's coming at the wrong time. I agree. It really does help to, um, to spell it out because there are people who, as you said, they deeply know what's right and they are yeah. trying to take care of themselves, often parents or children or yes. other people in their life when they are given all the information about whether or not they can take on another person to be responsible for, they know what they can handle. Exactly. The opposite of ending a pregnancy, and I appreciate your language about ending a pregnancy, um, is being forced to give birth. So yeah. we've spent a lot of time on the you know other end of our work, fighting the sort of forced birth philosophy. Yeah. How do you encounter people using social media who disagree and what's your strategy for remaining so compassionate and welcoming to people who really need to read your posts, but also, <sighs> uh, also sort of deflecting, managing, separating out uh, people who, who are not operating out of love? Well, I just made a choice in my personal life, in my personal values that I don't give people who fight against human rights and abortion rights, I don't give them much thought in my heart, my mind, or my time. I don't, I don't focus on them. I know people advocates do, and, and that's their role, but I feel like my role is just loving the people who are experiencing stigma and just loving the people who are struggling to access care. And, and so that's, that's how I do it. And when I get followed by trolls or, um, you know, I get threats or nasty comments. I simply just, I don't even engage. I just block and move on. Um, I spent all of my life being hurt by these people and I won't let them hurt me anymore. I see that you have been, uh, that you have many connections with different countries. How do you, yes. how do you feel knowing that you are helping people all over the world? Yes, thank you for asking. I'm so glad you asked that question because I wanna stress that anything that I have ever done is linked to the work other people have done. So I'm just simply picking up their threads in the tapestry and doing my little thing. But I, I have to give so much credit to so many people who you know have helped me to, to do this advocacy. Um, the international piece comes through uh, an organization called Inroads. And um, I was actually just coming out about my story publicly when Inroads was launched. And it's an international stigma fighting organization. And so I signed up for that and they have a, uh, a network, a kind of an online workspace where people all over the world who are trying to fight abortion stigma are sharing thoughts and ideas. So that is where I became connected with the world. And also for the stories that I do, um, that I aggregate. So, so most of the stories I come, I'm scouring the internet looking 
And many of them will come from Women on Web, which is just a fabulous organization helping people access abortion, especially in countries where it's illegal. And so they have story sharing on their website and I volunteer with them to help uh, screen and edit their stories. And so that's where a lot of it comes from. And I also just want through my website to show that it is a human situation. Reproduction is a human situation and the need to um, end pregnancies, the need for abortions is a universal human need and a human right. So I'm very honored to be able to bring forth stories from all over the world. It's made me more compassionate and I hope it makes people see, you know, that we're all one human family. We all need, we all need to be able to control our lives and our reproduction. One of the features is an international storytelling directory that people can go to and they can, they can find stories, you know, from all over the world. And um, so that's a very important part, but also another recent part that I added is people who have an abortion of twins. This is really secretive, you know, and it's a struggle for people. The anti-abortion movement really uses twins to promote harsh and cruel uh, propaganda. And so I just added it because I was reading that people feel like ending a pregnancy of twins is like having two abortions at once or, you know, so anyway, that's a new feature and I hope to reach more people so that they can feel less alone. I've heard from people who have ended pregnancies of twins and have suffered and they're so grateful to see other stories about this. So um, I do hope to have more stories about that just to help comfort people and so they can see that they're not alone. Are you able to do it in different languages or uh, it's only in English? Well, I do encourage people. I have a section on our website called Kindness, um, Messages of Kindness. It's meant to be like the opposite of trolling on and negative comments that you most often see. So I encourage people to send in uh, to the website supportive messages. And I always try to encourage them through my international connections to include them in, in their native language. And then I'll translate it into English. So I do want to honor the various languages and people's identities and where they come from. Um, often I'm using Google Translate. If I'm looking at a story from Latin America, for example, I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak other languages. I use Google Translate to try to include both languages. Um, but it is important and I admire, I'm so grateful for the technology. So it's, it's important for me to throw out there that most of my life, when I was young, there, were, there was no internet. So if you wanted to learn something, you had to get in the car and go to the library. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm just still, I'm like a, a kid at Christmas every day I wake up and I'm so excited about the internet, how it connects people. So everything I'm able to do is thanks to so many people, including the great technology. It's nice to know that we can be one big team because we're able to connect with people across the country and across the world. We need a lot of different strategies because yeah. we're working on something that has been entrenched for centuries where we had some expansion and articulation of reproductive rights in the 70s, yes. specifically with Roe versus Wade. And then we see, you know, the immediate attack 
that was launched back on it. So someone recently said to me, you know, people didn't talk about abortion as much yeah. earlier, right? Maybe it was yes. a stigma, but they didn't talk about it. Now people feel very free to talk about it yeah. in a um, very angry, very hostile way. And, and may I suggest a strategy for everyone who wants to help in this effort? Um, everybody, every single person can do this one thing that I believe is can be world changing. It sounds small, but it's really, really big. And that is to be self-aware of our own judgments. And it takes practice and intention. But when you catch yourself hearing, you know, you're at your office and you hear someone's pregnant again, and boy, don't they know how to, you know, we know how to control that these days. And you hear gossip or you know, your mind jumps to an automatic judgment. And we all do that. I think we just need to, if we all could just step back and instead of judging, choose with intention, radical, unconditional love and compassion. And that opens up a window of humility, which allows curiosity, which makes you want to learn more. And so those are the keys, being humble, being curious, and being willing to learn more. And yeah, I wish everybody could do that. I think everything would be better. We're so glad you spent time with us today. And ending on the note of love is a beautiful way to say thank you for the work you're doing and for radiating love, compassion, understanding, and for helping inform us so we actually can do a better job ourselves. Thank you so much for having me. This is just a true honor and a delight. and. I can't thank you enough. And I wish we could put on the background, all you need is love, that, yes. uh, that song. And thank you for yes. this. Thank you.